Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, 
making our world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right. Thank you. Welcome. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We try to make it fun. We try to make it amusing. We try to make it uh, uh, worth your while because that's what it's all about. You know, it, it says politics, but it, I mean, it's anything goes on the George Wilder Jr. Show. You know, it could be anything. It, politics is just what it says on the marquee here, but uh, anything goes. And I want to say thanks. To everybody who's tuning into the show, listening to the show, and downloading the show, and telling your friends about the show, uh, thank you. And if you have criticism, criticism, uh, my mouth will not work for some reason. If you have criticism of the show, you know, I mean, just drop me an email or uh, inbox me, and we'll see what we can do. But if it's, you know, try to make your criticism constructive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we need to get better at some things, some things we can get better at, some things we can't, or some things I just don't feel like I need to be better at, okay? All right, um, this is all about making the world a better place, one show at a time, one show at a time, and it, I don't know, every time I say making the world a better place, one show at a time, the world gets worse. It falls further into the dump, but we have to, we have to keep, you know, uh, our senses about ourselves and agree on that it is what it is, and still try to make the world a better place. And one of the and one of the ways of making the world a better place is voting. And you did a great job of that on Tuesday. The Republicans are scrambling, trying to. Um, they're actually trying to dismiss it. They're trying to ignore it, especially Fox News. They're trying to. This was a massive win from coast to coast. However, the Republicans are saying trying to blow it off or brush it off or act as if it was not that significant, and we know it were. This is what the Republicans do. And once again, I want to say thanks to all those people who went out and voted because you did your job. You did what you were supposed to do. I'm hearing there is more people uh, coming out to vote uh, in the last uh, 20 years in, in that particular state. Uh, and some of the states that were that were uh, swamped with Democrats throwing these jackass Republicans out on their asses is where uh, is where some of them need to be. But the work is not done, folks. The work is not done. We got to get to that White House. We've got to get to that Congress because these people are still uh, they're ignoring it. Uh, uh, Paul Ryan said that he still he's still with Trump. You know, for 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 whatever reason, because he's a you know bootlicker, there's no doubt about that. Paul Ryan will be gone. There's more, and there are just more and more Republicans retiring. Yeah, making room for Democrats, right? And I I think this is an omen also that they're going to be swamped in 2018 because so many Republicans are retiring, and a lot of them uh, are not retiring. Are, a, a lot of them are not retiring because of age. They're retiring because they're just sick of it. They're tired of it. You know, uh, I've heard Republicans say, well, I didn't come to Washington to hurt people. I came to Washington to represent 
the people who put me in office. Oh, he shouldn't have said that. Republican Party is going to get rid of him. They're going to try it. <laughs> but, you know, the Republicans are owned by the NRA, the National Rifle Association. I mean, um, their bosses are the big donors, not you, not me, not the people who put their asses in their jobs and gave them their um, gave them the greatest health care in the world. And now they want to turn around and take away our health care, you know. So you did a great job on Tuesday. I mean, November um, 7th, you did a great job. And and that was telling. And now a lot of the Republicans are scared out of their wits. I wanted to say another word, but <laughs> this is, I try to make it a family show, but every now and then I'll blurt out a bad word. Um, but we just have to vote. I mean, we've got to get them again. we got to get them again. We've got to get the White House. I'm hearing that Bob Mueller, the special counsel, the special prosecutor, he's going to be coming out with some more indictments next week. Um, I hope that is true, but it's a lot of fake news going around the internet. So, but I try not to get, uh, I try to rely on, rely on reliable sources before I say anything on the show, but I've seen it in several places. So, you know, I haven't seen it in the big publications, but, it, but it's inevitable that there are more, there's more, uh, indictments coming, whether it's Monday next week or next month. More indictments are coming. Mueller's investigation is not over because if it was over with, he would have told the world that his investigation is over. So there will be more indictments, more people going to jail wearing leg irons. I'm hearing 17. I don't know if that's uh, uh, a real number or what, but, uh, you know, it makes me feel good <laughs> to know that seven people, 17 people could be going to jail, and I'm hoping Donald Trump is one of them. If this is true, if this actually happens next week, next month, next two or three months, you know, so uh, uh, there is more to come. At, and it's not amusing. It's not amusing one damn bit. This is bad for America to know that we've got politicians who have been indicted, will be indicted, going to prison, wearing leg irons. This is bad for America. This is horrible. You know, it's horrible. But we have to get the thugs and the crooks out of the White House and out of Congress. We have to get the white supremacists, the racists, the people who are in Washington to hurt uh, other people. But as I've said before, we are stronger when we are together and united. And these people, they want to separate us. They want to, to divide us. And you guys told them on Tuesday that was not going to happen. That was not going to happen, you know. So we're just going to have to do it again all over again. Donald Trump is over seas, Asia. Embarrass, embarrassing the hell out of the United States. Did you know that Donald Trump didn't know that, didn't know uh, how many, uh, that there were a lot of countries in the world? This is how he put it. This, this is Donald. And um, he didn't know, he didn't know about all the countries in the world until the leaders of those countries started calling him. Wow. 
you know, nothing surprises me any more about Donald Trump. Nothing whatsoever surprises me. I mean, he could, I don't know, he could walk down the street and strangle somebody. <laughs> it would not surprise me, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't surprise you. But Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble politically, if not with his own party, with the American people. The American people do not want this guy representing them overseas. He is a total total embarrassment. He doesn't know. Now, he's over there saying, now, one of the things he said, he said a lot of stuff, but one of the things he said is that China, you might have seen this, it's all over the place, China is not responsible for its deficit. It's the American, it's, it's America that's responsible for China's debt. Now, he's going over there dissing America, putting down America. Someone said the reason why he's uh, channeling, channeling China is because he has ties made there. His ties are made there. He's over there dissing America, putting down America. You know, this is what I have been telling people for a long time. This guy has a war with his own people. You know, he's over there putting down America. And he, when he's in when he's in America, when he's actually in this country, not visiting other countries, he is dissing China. He's talking about China. He's talking about other countries. But the minute he goes to another country that he's been criticizing. All of a sudden, he started criticizing America over that country and saying that country is great and America is not so great. Donald Trump has a, a, a war with the American people. He knows that the majority of Americans do not like him. He knows that the majority of Americans do not want him in the White House. He knows that majority of Americans do not, most of Americans, if not all of Americans, including his supporters, do not think he's all that bright. They don't think he's all that intelligent, including me. I, I mean, I think he's one of the dumbest people that that is holding office. I mean, I, I used to think, a lot of us used to think when George Bush was president that he was one of the dumbest, but he's been eclipsed by Donald Trump. And um, it just bothers me when this man go abroad and disses the United States. They, remember, they used to talk about whenever uh, Barack Obama went abroad, and they, the Republicans really uh, uh, talked about him when he bowed to a Saudi Arabia leader. They talked about him bowing and all that kind of stuff and making America weak because he bowed. Uh, I guess they then gave up on that notion now by seeing and listening to Trump. This man... <laughs> And if you if, if you ever heard one of Donald Trump's speeches, I mean, when he's reading from a teleprompter or a piece of paper or something, the guy sounds sounds exactly like what he's doing, reading. I mean, when you're when you're addressing the world, and you have a great big ass audience right there in front of you, if you're gonna read a tele, if you're gonna be reading the teleprompter. If you're going to be reading a, a script or something, you don't sound like you're reading, especially to the world. I mean, he sounds like he, he sounds like a second or third great year old child reading from a book. I mean, he, he 
So now we have a, uh, I mean, you if you listen to him giving a speech, reading, we all know that that is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is reading something someone else wrote for him, and he's reading it, and he's, he thinks he's sounding presidential, but he sounds really, really awful. He sounds really awful. He, he, he doesn't sound like, he, he doesn't, when he's reading a script, when he's re- reading the teleprompter, he doesn't sound knows what he's reading. He doesn't sound as if he's comprehending what he's reading. You know, like, a, you know, you tell your children something. Sometimes you'll say, well, um, make sure you comprehend what you read. Make sure you understand what you read. Make sure you know what the main idea of what you're reading. What makes sure you know the premise of the story. I mean, it seems like we have to tell Donald Trump that, too. <laughs> you know, do you know what you're reading? Do you know what's there? He sounds like he's just reading words. And, and don't. He doesn't know what the meaning of those words are, but he's just reading those words, and he's sounding real boring when he does it. That's another embarrassment. I mean, when he goes overseas and starts reading like he doesn't know what he's reading, that's an embarrassment to the United States, and people are watching him all over the world. He gives one of the worst speeches. I mean, Barack Obama... And maybe other presidents before him, especially, uh, I believe, um, Bill Clinton, majority of the time, not all the time, but majority of the time, they wrote their own speeches. Donald Trump has never written a speech, maybe because he can't write. Who knows? I mean, except for signing an executive order or something, hurting people of the United States. But he gives one of the worst speeches. Man, I've... <laughs> I was listening to one of his speeches abroad, uh, you know, earlier earlier in today, and he just sounded so awful. Uh, you know, he, as I just got through saying, he he reads a script or a teleprompter as if he actually don't know what it, don't know what it's saying. He's just reading words. You know, he doesn't know the meaning of those words or the meaning of what he's reading. He just, they just write it for him and he, the words just fall out, out of his mouth. And once he's done reading the script and sounding sounding somber, uh, somewhat idiotic, you know, he's back to speaking like, like Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> it's just awful, man. Uh, listening to him uh, giving a speech. That's why whenever he gives a speech, I really don't get too excited about it. But sometimes, you know, he since he's the president, every now and then, if, you, if you're if you in the politics, politics or what's going on in America, you're going to listen to him. And you're going, because he's all everywhere. He's the president. I mean, he's, he's on the radio. He's on the internet. He's on your television. He's on your, he's all over the place. So you're going to, at some point in time, uh, you're going to hear a speech by him. And <laughs> it's awful. As I just got through saying, it's embarrassing. It's not funny, even though it tickles me sometimes, because there are so many so many commentators out here are, that are blasting Donald Trump. I mean, they're calling him dumb, stupid, ignorant, unintelligent. Uh, and he never... Uh, he gives them what they want, right? He he makes them true. 
And I, I think he is too. You know, I think he is too. And um, I, I keep harping, harping back to the, the slaughter in that Texas church uh, a few days ago and how Donald Trump came up to the microphones and said, we don't need to do nothing about gun control because it wouldn't have saved the lives of those hundreds of people. He said hundreds of people, and there were not hundreds of people in that church. And so uh, Paul Ryan and Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and the rest of those assholes in Congress, by them being bought and paid for by the NRA, you know, their donors, the people who are lining their pockets, they don't think that uh, children matter. So the, so all those kids died, were shot to death in that church. They don't give two craps about it. They don't give two damn uh, craps about children, uh, the, mo- the majority of children being shot in that church uh, on Sunday. Uh, they just don't care. You know, gun control, forget it. We have to change Congress. We, we have to get those clowns out of there. We we really do. I mean, it, it's just a matter of time, and and I think we can do it, because because of the turnout on the, on Tuesday, uh, in Virginia and New Jersey and all over the place from coast to coast was phenomenal, scaring the bejesus out of the uh, Republicans, scaring the bejesus out of them. Some of them are not scared, as I as I mentioned before. Some of them are just blowing off the election, just blowing it off. Oh, it don't mean nothing. <laughs> this is the Republicans, and they're still doing their tax form. Oh, they're, they're trying to sweeten the pot so it can pass. Donald Trump is looking for anything to pass. He's looking for – because so far he's done nothing since his uh, 11 – uh, 11, 12 months, or will it be 12 months, 11 months in office, 11 and a half months in office? He's done nothing. He needs something on his resume to say that he's got something passed, some legislation passed through Congress. So, uh, and I'm also hearing that the, the Senate is also coming up with his own version of tax reform. So there's two. There's one uh, coming from the House. There's one that that's now coming from the Senate. Which one will these clowns pass. Either one of these uh, uh, tax reforms, uh, they're giveaways for the rich. That's all they are. I mean, that's what the Republicans are for, for the rich. And they are being pressured by their donors to get tax reform done, not by their voters, not by their constituency, but by the people who are lining their pockets. And that's a damn shame. You know, I mean, you vote these guys in, you give them a job, and they go get rich by being bought and paid for by the National Rifle Association, their big, big donors, corporations, and not the grassroots people who gave them their jobs. The big donors did not give them their job. The people lining their pockets did not give them their job. You and I gave them their job. And they go and become bought and paid for by the big donors, NRA. And they tell us to, 
and they say the hell with us. But the minute they want to get reelected, they come in right back to us, right? So we're going to get them in, in um, to 2018, November 6th. We're going to get them. We're going to, we're going to uh, flush that Congress out, get all those thugs out of there, get the white supremacists out, get the liars out of there, you know, get the people out of there who are spending money, big time, our money, and doing nothing. You ever look at some of those um, ladies, uh, those Congress ladies and representatives and senators, see how much makeup and clothes and rings and diamond rings that these women are wearing with purchased with our money and doing nothing for us? We have to do something, folks. We really do have to do something and just get it together. I mean, from every election from now to um, November 2018, should be it should be a wipeout of Republicans. And I've said this before, never ever vote for a Republican. And I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but never ever vote for another Republican. If, and if you have voted Republican, do not vote Republican again. Screw it up America. There is plenty of proof to that. You see how they want to screw up America. You see how they want to take away your your um, happiness, raising taxes, cutting taxes, giving your hard-earned money to rich people who don't need it. And some of those rich folks, they don't even want it. But you got Republicans in, um, in Congress who's cut anyway. Taking from it's, – it's Robin Hood in reverse – Taking from the poor, taking from the weak, and giving it to the rich. How much sense does that make? How much sense does any of that make? It's just, I don't know, it's, it's beyond me. But we have to straighten this out. We have to straighten out this country because it is backwards. It is totally backwards. But I do think we're going to get through it. I've just got to stick together. Voters, voters, and people of America, workers, uh, uh, middle class, uh, poor, semi-poor, we have to stick together on this because I think we can do it. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. On Tuesday evening, Americans were basically greeted to a really
really resounding rejection of Donald Trump and everything he stands for as election results across the country began rolling in, showing that Democrats made virtually a clean sweep in elections from Maine to California. Uh, one of the most closely watched elections that took place on Tuesday was the race for Virginia governor between Democrat uh, Ralph Northam and Republican Ed Gillespie. Now, Gillespie had been personally endorsed by Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr., Steve Bannon. All three of those guys had been tweeting virtually nonstop over the last few weeks, singing the praises of Gillespie. Gillespie decided to run an incredibly racist campaign, vilifying everyone that wasn't white, embracing Donald Trump's racism, and he was soundly rejected by voters in Virginia. Uh, Quite similar to how Luther Strange, who was in a runoff against Roy Moore in Alabama a month or so ago, uh, endorsed by Donald Trump, rejected by voters in that state. It kind of seems like at this point, voters are not only rejecting certain candidates, but rejecting Donald Trump himself. Now, not all of the elections on Tuesday were rebukes to Donald Trump, but there were some very impressive Democratic victories that took place. For example, uh, a politician who had ridiculed the Women's March uh, in Washington, D.C. that took place earlier this year was defeated by a woman who ran because she was pissed off about him ridiculing the Women's March. The author of the uh, uh, transgendered bathroom bill saying you have to go to whatever bathroom corresponds to your genitalia uh, was defeated by a trans woman. A lot of really great victories turning state houses across the country into a... You are now listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. All right. Author Whitney Hogan is on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hi, Whitney. Hello. How are you? How are you? How are you? Got a great sounding voice. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, hey, How are you? I'm fine. That's no no problem. I'm fine. We're here trying to make the world a better place, and it's getting tougher all the time. You know, it is just rough. Okay. <laughs> all right. Tell my audience. Tell the world um, uh, what you do, what you're about, and is this a book? The pain is real. Is is that a book or just something yeah. that you want to? Okay. No, it's a book. Um, my name is Whitney Hogans, and I am okay. um, passionate about making the world a better place as well. Um, I'm an author. Um, my uh-huh. first um, career in love is I'm a special education teacher. Um, okay. But I'm an author. I wrote the book. It's mm-hmm. called The Pain is Real, But the Promise is Eternal, What to Do When okay. God's Will Hurts. Mm-hmm. So my book is basically about um, my journey and choosing to trust God through tragedy. So I um, am 31 years old now. Um, When I was 25, my husband died, and um, I became a widow at 25, and I was raising my sons, who were two and five at that time. And so I wrote this book just giving an honest account of choosing to trust God after a tragedy. Okay, and you're hoping that this book will motivate others who may be going through some of the same things that you've gone through. 
Absolutely. And just really for anyone that's hurting, for people that have chosen to become Christians and have chosen to trust God, um, I think a lot of times mm-hmm. we have this kind of cliche of, you know, everything's going to be perfect once you start to trust God. And that's just not true. And so it's really for the any person that is hurting, that is going through something and wants an honest account of how to trust God through tragedy. Okay. So when you say hurt, what do you, what do you exactly mean uh, hurt uh, um, financially, physically, or, or emotionally or or all of the above? All of the above. And I mean, just actually what you said earlier, you know, times are really intense right now. You know, it's just tragedy Mm -hmm. after tragedy, like you can't escape it. You know, every other day there's, something happening and yeah, that's real sure for all is. of us. You know, it so sure it's is. Kinda, I mean it's yeah, when you turn on the right news. Now. Yeah, yeah. Some people have stopped believing because they feel that there's no God, there's no Jesus, because if Jesus wouldn't be letting this stuff happen to innocent people, people who've done nothing. But when you turn on the television, uh, every time I turn on it, if I'm turning on the news, it's always something there that actually can take the air out of you. I mean, you could be feeling good, feeling great. All of a sudden, you know, you hear that hear something negative on the news. All of a sudden, you you uh, deflate. You you get depressed, and you feel as if nothing's being done. That you know, things are just going cr- crazy. You know. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it is heartbreaking. And I think, you know. I think as Christians, um, we have mm-hmm. done this really good job of like, you know, we have our, our cue sayings, right? You know, we say God is good. We say his will is perfect. You know, we say all those things and that's nice, but we need to have some honest dialogue about what, how do you process when God allows tragedy? You know, I just think of so many mass shootings that have happened now, you know, to me, it's, yeah. it's sad and I pray, but those weren't my family members. Like, what do you say to those people that that was my brother that was killed? That was my mother that was killed. The you know, majority of them, yeah, majority of them were real. children. Yes. <laughs> Kids. Yeah. You know, we're children. And, and you say, why so would God let that? something like that happen? Sorry for interjecting. Absolutely. No, you're fine. That's, but that's exactly it. And I think that the problem is we're not as, and I say Christians, of course, I'm not saying every Christian feels this way, but as a whole, a lot of times we kind of, we say those key, you know, phrases like, well, I'm praying for you and God will comfort yeah. you. But when you're really hurting and when it's a tragedy, something that is, it, you need more than that. You need something a little more honest. You need, you know, I've been through that season where I'm angry with God because of what he has done or what he's doing, allowing to happen in the world. Like you need those honest conversations, not that on the surface, super churchy. You need a real honest account of I'm really struggling right now with my faith because of what's happening. And so that's kind of how I wrote my book. It's very honest. It's very transparent. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, just talking about pain. Yeah, and it's a lot of, it's a lot here. I mean, I was I grew up through this civil rights uh movement and uh, this has surpassed that <laughs> this is yeah. what we've got today it you know this is this is the you know this is a mess what can i say it is a mess and you know it's it's hard 
raising children right now. <laughs> you know, I have two sons. Um, my oldest is almost 11 and my youngest is seven. And just to talk to my boys, you know, and the things that I have to share with them about just keeping them safe, yeah. you know, is unreal. And my youngest son has autism. And so there's a level of things that he doesn't quite understand. And so it's really you know, it's a lot to think about of trying to keep him protected and trying to keep him safe. And who can you trust? <laughs> because yeah. everybody, you know, you never know. It's always the person that yeah. you never would expect that these things happen. Well, Whitney, we have something in common. My son, too, also had autism. And oh, that's, wow. um, yeah, exactly. It's the truth. He has autism, too. And, and, uh, it's rough. It's been rough, but um, <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, okay. I thoroughly understand. <laughs> I thoroughly understand. Believe me, I and know like, you do. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Huh? I'm a special education teacher, too, so I teach children with autism as well. So I yeah. I get the, the challenges. So then how do you explain this this world to, you know, children who have autism who think so differently and some of yeah, it doesn't they do think differently yeah yeah they, so they think hard. differently they, yeah it is tough they think differently they they uh they don't uh read information the way we do you know some of them don't uh they may think a little differently than what we think they may think that what the way we think may not match with what how they think Oh, I, I see that all the time in my son. And uh, I, I guess I was just naive because I thought when he was small that he would grow out of it, but it just got worse. Yeah, I think the thing with autism is mm. it's just recognizing that it's not something that's wrong with the child. I know a lot of times when we hear that our child has a disability and, you know, even, you know, sometimes it's phrased that way that it's like something is wrong, but really it's just a different way of processing information. And so he's just, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm about my, yeah, it's just different. It's not, it's not less, it's not wrong. It's just, it's different. They just think differently and yeah. their way of communicating yeah. Yeah. is differently. But to me, they I, are so amazing. They and are. I wish they I could are. be in your brain. They are. They are. I wish I can get mine, mine to see that life is going to be tough if he, <laughs> if he doesn't when he loses <laughs> me. Anyway, I want to say one thing about autism kids. A lot of these kids are very, very bright. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They are so much more than their diagnosis. Mm -hmm. They are very bright. Yeah. And I think especially being an educator. So I get to see them in a different light and I get to see how they put things together. And to me, it is absolutely fascinating. And I think that if we just took the time, just we as a society to love on our kids, regardless of their ability levels and really just get to know the child, they have so much to give, but you're going to have to, yeah, yeah, my... to compromise. Yeah. Yeah. My son is an A and B student. You know, he is an A yeah. and B student. His his grades are just awesome, and he's a he's a senior in high school. So, and he's been getting uh, A's and B's forever. But I'm the one who has to get him up every morning and out of the house because his mind doesn't function that. <laughs> right, I, uh, I stay awake know. thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With my son's yeah. life, all right. Look like as I get older. 
Yeah, I, I I worry about it all the time. I said, you, hey, what are you going to do? You know, I, and I try to explain to him the world and what he needs to know to, to function out here on his own. I don't know if it's, if it's getting through. And I've been talking to him about that for years and years and years. I really don't know if it's getting through, you know, so I don't know. But anyway, uh, Whitney, Whitney, I'm saying Whitney Houston, and that's something. Whitney Hogan's on the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> Whitney Hogan's on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Whitney, tell us a little bit more about your book. So um, my book, I broke it down into four sections. Um, the four sections are pain, promise, process, and purpose. And so basically throughout the book, I'm talking about pain and the reality of what pain looks like and what the Bible actually says about pain. And, and then I'm giving details of my own personal pain, talking about God's promises and his promises always override the pain. And so just kind of shifting that perspective, because sometimes when we're in pain, that's all we can see. We can't see anything else. We can't feel anything else. But just being aware that even though God allowed this pain, that there is promise in it and um, that he's with us through it. Um, the third part is about process. And, you know, it's a process to trust God after pain. It's a process with grief and with tragedy. It's not overnight. And so I talk about what is the process to get to a place of trusting God again after going through something that was really hard for you. One of the things I share big about with process is getting the help that you need. You know, there's a lot of cliche about, um, you know, praying in the church as opposed to going to counseling. And, you know, yeah. I think that we have to remember that all healing comes from God and it's up to him to choose how he manifests our healing. So if he decides to use a counselor to, you know, to aid our healing, then that's okay. Mm. And just knowing mm. that we don't have to, um, we don't have to go hurting as a people and not get the help that we need. And we don't need to be ashamed mm. of the help that we get. And so um, that's yeah. the process and just going, going through the process and then purpose. So using this pain and using this experience to aid and assist other people. So that's how the, oh. book, the book is broken down into those four sections. Okay, do you have a copy of your book with you so that you can read yes. an excerpt? I do. Hold on one second. All right. So I'll just read the first part. Um, okay. This All is right. just part of the introduction. I'll just read a small paragraph. Um, okay. As Christians, <clears throat> oftentimes as Christians, we say things, but we don't really mean them. We may say them out of habit or routine, but we do not always feel it. One of these things is that we say, God's will be done. We say that and it sounds great. Oftentimes we say that, but what we actually mean is, Lord, I want your will, but I want it according to my comfort. Really, I want you to be okay with my will. We want God's will because we believe God's will is always good. The harsh truth is that sometimes God's will allows things to occur that hurt us, even devastate us. Sometimes God's will causes pain. Sometimes things can happen that make us question our faith in God. Anger and confusion cause us to drift from God. This book is not going to be pretty, but it is honest. 
I am not an expert. Yeah. I'm just a woman who pressed through a really hard time and felt every ounce of pain. The pain is real, but the promise is eternal. Here is my take on what to do when God's will hurts. Yeah, it sounds it sounds magnetic. <laughs> it sounds beautiful. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, Whitney, how is the book doing so far? I mean, since you've been since you've had it published, how is it doing? It's doing pretty good. I will say I've been I published on May first. I um self published uh-huh. and started okay. my own company. And mm-hmm. I mean, through support of family and friends and social media, I mean things are going well. I'm I'm shocked. Great. I'm in awe of you know how quickly Great. um doors have been opening. So I'm very thankful. Are you uh, uh, are you gonna write another book in the same genre or something different or? Yes, yes, and yes. So I um, definitely have a few <laughs> other books um, that are in the works mm-hmm. um, in reference to just trusting God. I have a devotional mm-hmm. that will be coming mm-hmm. out um, hopefully next year. But um, you know, wow. my heart also for autism, and so I have two children's books that will be coming out next year about autism. So yeah. I'm excited That's to um, kind of have an avenue to talk about all the things I'm passionate about. All right. When those books come out, you make sure you come on the show and talk about them, you know, because I'm always interested and the audience is always interested. Um, all right. Tell us where we can find your books, this particular book. So this book is available on Amazon. Um, it's mm-hmm. also available on on Barnes and Noble's website, and then it's also available on my website, which is www.sheheelspublishing.com. Wow. And tell us the title of the book again. The title of the book is The Pain is Real, But the Promise is Eternal. You cut off? Are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Sorry, my phone okay. cut out a little bit for a second. But it's called okay. The Pain is Real, but the Wait. Promise is Eternal. Okay, your phone is still cutting out. Okay. All right, Whitney Hughes I'm on the George Wilder Jr. show. Whitney Hogan. I'm sorry. I'm st- <laughs> Whitney Hogan, Hogan on the George okay. Wilder Jr. show. I want to thank. I want. I want. I want to thank you for being on the show, and I hope uh, you come back to tell us about your your. Uh, uh, further work. All right, talk with me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Whitney Hogan's on the George Wilder Jr. show. That was interesting. I try to have the best guests uh, that I can find on the show to, to make the show a little bit more interesting. And... Um, Wilder Jr. show uh, uh, live from Chicago, and we are just about it's just about six forty six straight up p.m. Chicago time. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight 
for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be American. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. Donald Trump going on insane Twitter rants is nothing that we're not used to as a country at this point. But on Friday, when it was announced that sealed indictments had been delivered in the Bob Mueller special prosecutor probe, Donald Trump went off the deep end and decided to start tweeting out absolute nonsense to his millions of followers here in the United States. And he did it all as a distraction method to try to make the public forget about the fact that some of his On Tuesday evening, Americans were basically greeted to a really resounding rejection of Donald Trump and everything he stands for as election results across the country began rolling in, showing that Democrats made virtually a clean sweep in elections from Maine to California. Uh, One of the most closely watched elections that took place on Tuesday was the race for Virginia governor between Democrat uh, Ralph Northam and Republican Ed Gillespie. Now, Gillespie had been personally endorsed by Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr., Steve Bannon. All three of those guys had been tweeting virtually nonstop over the last few weeks, singing the praises of Gillespie. Gillespie decided to run an incredibly racist campaign, vilifying everyone that wasn't white, embracing Donald Trump's racism, and he was soundly rejected by voters in Virginia. Uh, Quite similar to how Luther Strange, who was in a runoff against Roy Moore in Alabama a month or so ago, uh, endorsed by Donald Trump, rejected by voters in that state. It kind of seems like at this point, voters are not only rejecting certain candidates, but rejecting Donald Trump himself. Now, not all of the elections on Tuesday were rebukes to Donald Trump, but there were some very impressive Democratic victories that took place. For example, uh, a politician who had ridiculed the Women's March uh, in Washington, D.C. that took place earlier this year was defeated by a woman who ran because she was pissed off about him ridiculing the Women's March. The author of the uh, uh, transgendered bathroom bill saying you have to go to whatever bathroom corresponds to your genitalia uh, was defeated by a trans woman. A lot of really great victories turning state houses across the country into a more representative sample of what the United States actually is. But let's not lose sight of the bigger picture here. Yes, Tuesday's elections were a rebuke to Donald Trump and everything that the Republican Party stands for. Right now, Donald Trump's endorsement, if you're running for office, is more like a kiss of death. Because most of the people that he embraces, most of the people that he supports, end up getting rejected by the American voters. The only question is, can this momentum, can this anger towards the president uh, continue until the 2018 midterms? Signs right now are clearly pointing to yes. 
the Democrats are energized. And while they may not be 100% united, they're still far more united in their mission than Republicans are, which is going to give them an edge over the next 12 months as we uh, approach the midterms. But again, and this is something Donald Trump doesn't understand because he's not a career politician and he's also not an intelligent human being. When you are wildly unpopular, as Donald Trump is, least popular president at this point in his uh, presidency in history, um, you don't go campaign for people. You are seen as toxic. You are a cancer on the party. And so when you endorse someone, you're putting your stink, your disease onto them as well. Did you ever wonder why we didn't see too much of George W. Bush in the 2008 election? Why he wasn't showing up at all these rallies and outwardly endorsing John McCain? It was because he knew he was unpopular. Uh, McCain's campaign said, thanks, but no thanks. They don't want the stink of eight years of Bush rubbing off on McCain. Trump doesn't get that. He doesn't understand it because he hasn't been paying attention to politics long enough. So as long as he continues to go out there and basically rub elbows with these wannabe Republican politicians, they will continue to keep losing. So by all means, Donald and Donald Jr., go ahead and start tweeting out your support for Republicans for the 2018 midterms, because I'm sure everybody's just dying to get your seat. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George yeah, Wilder hey Jr. There, Show. George. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Oh, remember uh, the lady who flipped her, who gave Trump the finger, gave Trump's motorcade the finger. And because of that, uh, she was fired from her job. And I was all on Facebook saying, you know, we should support her, you know, because she lost her job criticizing Trump. I don't think anybody anywhere should lose their job criticizing Donald Trump. But it happens. People lose their jobs for what they post on the Internet, for what they post on Facebook, LinkedIn. If you don't post uh, uh, and employers will give you any kind of excuse for firing you because they wanted to fire you in the first place. So they have an excuse to fire you. You post something, uh, say something, you know, even if if you say something true, something and you don't support a certain politician that your employer may uh, support, uh, they're going to fire you. So this woman, I think her name, if I can remember, is Julie Briskman, riding a bike alongside uh, Trump's motorcade. And she promptly just gave the motorcade, Trump's motorcade, the finger. She uh, stretched her arm up into the air, outstanded her arm, and her finger came out, F you, you know. And a few days later, she was fired for that. As I've said, I don't think anybody anywhere should get fired for, for criticizing Donald Trump, especially when the criticism is warranted. <laughs> it's warranted, you know, for what, uh, especially for what he's doing to the country. It's warranted. 
But it wasn't warranted for her to get fired because she criticized Trump. And as I've said before, there's a lot of people out here who criticize Trump and they lose their jobs. Uh, they criticize the Republican Party. They lose their jobs or they get demoted. And it happens. It happens all over the place. But the reason for me bringing this up is crowdfunding campaign raised $30,000 for this woman. And I was saying, and we were saying on the on Facebook, for people to actually start giving to her because she may have food. She, she may need food. She may, uh, she may have kids she's sending to school or college because I'm hearing she's 50 years old. So... Um, Rent, mortgage, uh, people were helping her out with that because, you know, she criticized and that may, she may never get a uh, a job again, at least not real soon. Um, and uh, the next uh, employer she may give a job interview to may ask her why was she fired from the last job? She said, well, criticizing Trump and she may not get that job because of that, you know, so but who who in the hell in the world today has not criticized Trump? But it doesn't mean you should lose your job over it. There's a lot of people on Facebook who are afraid to post anything because they feel that their employer might find out what they're posting and they'll lose their job. I think it's crazy, but it's, it's, it's the kind of world we're living in now. Anyway, she is um, – uh, She's got money. She's raised money, and that's great. We should support each other. If if some if someone is becomes unemployed because they're criticizing Trump or criticizing the Republican Party, we should do everything we can to uh, support them in every way that we can. You know, because nobody should lose their jobs, their livelihoods for criticizing this blowhard. That's ridiculous. But it happens. It's the world that we're in. There's an article here. Let me see what it says. There she is right now. I'm looking at a photograph where she's just throwing up a finger. A crowdfunding campaign for the woman who lost her job after flipping off Trump's motorcade has raised over $30,000. The GoFundMe campaign titled, Thank You, Julie Brisman. Julie Brisman has raised over $30,000 for the former government con- contractor in its, in its first three days. People are supporting her uh, uh, and, and not supporting Trump. And that's a good thing. So she can pay her mortgage or rent or whatever, buy food, clothes, and able to live while she's out of work and hopefully being able to find a job. Now, she was a government contractor, which is a good job, which is a good paying job. And um, she was fired from her because for exercising her First Amendment. That was her First Amendment, freedom of speech, but the Republicans don't see it that way. Because, or her employers don't see it that way. You know, so we have to know, we really have to know those who are actually getting fired or have gotten fired for criticizing Donald Trump so we can reach out to them and give them our support. That's what it's all about, giving them our support. Uh, Good luck to her. And I hope she, and a lot of us hope she still gives the finger to Donald Trump. It's her first amendment right. And for her to get fired 
something wrong something is wrong with the people she's working with you know all righty you've been listening to the george water jr show on blog talk radio we're gonna do this the george wilder jr show is now on the air it is all about making the world a better place join me This sexual assault show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
This sexual assault uh, uh, is tangling a lot of people. I mean, everybody who's anybody has heard about Kevin Spacey, the actor. I mean, this guy is totally, totally ruined. I mean, he's gay. Uh, and I didn't actually know that until he actually came out and said he was gay. I thought of him as, because if you, if you, if you ever watched the House of Cards, he's married in this. He, he has a wife. So uh, I, I think if people are gay, I, I think they should uh, uh, take part of, uh, I think their characters that they're playing should be gay. I mean, that was a real letdown when I found out that Kevin Spacey was gay. You know, there has been, there are talk, that was talk for years about him being gay, but you know, I mean, just about in all the movies that he's played in, he's been, he's had a wife. So that was deceiving to a lot of us. But anyway, uh, he's ruined. I mean, his new movie, they're replacing him. They, I mean, his television show has been pulled. The new movie uh, uh, that he has out, I can't think of the name. But anyway, they are uh, reshooting every scene that Spacey was in. That's crazy. The guy is ruined, but he's he's a millionaire, so you know. I mean, he's not going to be out in, out on the street. But anyway, his his career, his life, his all that's over. And the only thing that Kevin Spacey can say is that he needs to seek treatment. So obviously, he's guilty of all of these accusations that come out saying that he sexually assaulted them. All these boys, you know. Um, and now we have. Uh, a prominent uh, uh, some guy who's running for office of uh, Republican obviously uh, running for office and he's being accused of sexual harassment of some girl when she was 14 years old and the Republicans are asking him to step aside and he's saying I'm not going no damn well I'm not stepping down but they're saying he should step down because he's a blot on the party I mean he well, anyway, he's running uh, more likely against the Democrat, and this this is Alabama is going to turn blue because of this. This guy is no way is going to going to win. He's he, he's no way is going to, and his name is Joe, I think Joe Moore, and and the Republicans are scrambling to respond to the allegations that he molested someone when. They were very, very young. Uh, I was watching the news the other day, and and a mother came on, and a daughter came. Well, they were giving interviews and talking about how this man had molested their son, and she was very, very emotional about it. And uh, it, it, this sexual, um, it, it's just um, phenomenal how these, how it's bringing down so many of these prominent people, folks that we looked up to. Um, okay, here's a little bit more about this. The bombshell allegation that GOP Senator nominee Roy Roy Moore had inappropriate sexual conduct with a 14-year-old girl when, she, when he was 32 um, have, roiled, have rolled out of the Senate race where the GOP candidate had been heavily favored to win in December. 
from now. A Republican senators, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and National Republican Senatorial Committee Chairman Senator Corbin, immediately for more to step aside if the allegations are true. Okay, Senator John McCain, what did he Senator John McCain went further, went the furthest of the Senate Republicans on Thursday, calling for more, calling for more to immediately step down. The allegations against Roy Moore are deeply disturbing, uh, disqualifying, McCain said in a statement. He should immediately step aside and allow the people of Alabama to elect a candidate they can be proud of. That's John McCain, and he's it, it, it uh, he it feels like Jane is not going to be with us too long. He's had he has cancer, brain cancer. He something's wrong with his leg. I mean he, you know. But anyway, Roy Moore. He's a he looks like a, one of those racist Republicans, and he just stepped down. He looks like one of those racist Alabama Republicans. That was another thing I I, I never understood the South. If years ago you would think the South would be blue, a, would be a bunch of blue states, but it's they're red, but they're gonna go blue now. This guy has no way in the world he's going to uh, he's going to uh, win this Senate election to Congress. Allegations against Moore puts Republicans in a predicament month before the special election against Democratic nominee Doug Jones. One of one that threatens to weaken more grip on the race and tarnish uh, the national Republican brand. The Washington Post published decades of allegations. Oh, man, he's, he has decades of allegations against him. And he's running against a Democrat, uh, uh, Doug Jones. Obviously, Doug Jones now is a shoe-in for this. And this is really this is really a bad omen for the Republican Party. Another bad omen, actually, if you think of it. Thursday afternoon, the story with the most touching accusations leveled by Leah Kaufman, now 53, mother of, or she could be the victim, but she's now 53. Uh, Moore looks like he's in his 70s. So, you know, this happened quite a while ago, but I'm hearing there's more accusations. Allegations against Moore puts the Republicans in a predicament a month before the special election against Democrats, against the Democratic nominee, Doug Jones. It does, because now this seat is probably, probably like so many others, will go Democratic. And it's nobody's fault, no one's fault, but the Republicans themselves they can give this one up. But Moore is defiant. Roy Moore is defiant. He said, I'm not going to step down. Yeah, I did it. It was me. <laughs> but I'm not stepping down. <laughs> I'm going to win. People are going to vote for me, regardless of whether I raped someone or not. This is how Republicans think. They think no matter how much they break the law, that they're above the law. However, special counselor, special prosecutor Robert Mueller is saying no one is above the law, not even Donald Trump.
from. No one is above the law. And the Republicans, somehow they feel that they are, at least some of them. Now they're probably saying to themselves, this is, this is not where they want to go. Billionaire uh, philanthropist and activist uh, Tom Steyer is uh, back with an ad that he has produced uh, calling for Donald Trump's impeachment. And he wanted to put it on a place where he knew that Trump would, would see it. And so, of course, he chose Fox and Friends. Uh, let's see what it looks like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution. He's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows his... Harvey bearing down on the Texas coast, Category 4 storm. At the same time, we learned that the president was going to pardon former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Did the president use Harvey for political cover? Well, White House Chief of Staff John Kelly had a job to do today. Take the heat off the president for getting into trouble for something that no president before him has gotten into trouble for. Donald Trump made a mess with a condolence phone call. Trump is the most dishonorable and despicable human being to ever serve in the office of the presidency. Congresswoman Maxine Waters was honored Saturday at the Women's Convention in Detroit, an event dubbed Reclaiming Our Time after the Congresswoman's famous moment in a hearing this July. And Congresswoman Maxine Waters joins me now for your moment of Maxine. We <laughs> missed you, Congresswoman. And first of all, uh, how was the convention? The convention was spectacular. Joy, I think there were over 4,000 women there. It was packed. And the energy was all over the place. Women really... Billionaire uh, philanthropist and activist uh, Tom Steyer is uh, back with an ad that he has produced uh, calling for Donald Trump's impeachment. And he wanted to put it on a place where he knew that Trump would, would see it. And so, of course, he chose Fox and Friends. Uh, let's see what it looks like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution. He's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less, yet today, People in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons, and they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. Our country depends on it. So if you thought that the president might not have seen that because he was doing some important government type stuff, you haven't been paying attention this year. Yes, he watched it. He immediately tweeted about it. Wacky and totally unhinged Tom Steyer, who has been fighting me and my Make America Great Again agenda from beginning, never wins elections, which is a direct response to the charges later. It's not. So look, he's pushing for that. He's, I guess, able to. I'm surprised that Fox actually ran the ad in the first place. Uh, I have recently read just this week that their ad revenue is down 17%. So it's possible that they, they can be less choosy money. about the ads. 
But Fox and Friends is a popular show, I think, at least in the White House, it polls very well. And um, so they decided to run that. Now, Fox and Friends audience was not happy. They were deluged with torrent, uh, a torrent of tweets and uh, comments on the, the articles about it saying that they had been taken over by commies and Jews. And that's why they were doing this, that they were just in it for the money. Mm -hmm. And this, man, audiences really expect uh, consistency in a message because if there's anybody who has earned, for better or worse, protection from the charge that they're not sufficiently pro-Trump, isn't it Fox and Friends at this point? Like well, they've done nothing but help him and praise him for a year. But they run this one ad and people are leaving their show. They're not watching anymore. Yeah, I don't believe them anyway. Yeah, I don't believe so, it. Yeah, look, uh, th that's why they were probably particularly angry. They're like, this is a bubble. You're not supposed to allow mm -hmm. opposing viewpoints into this bubble. Yes. It really disturbs us. But people who huff and puff and say they're gonna leave, I mean, just check the comments below. <laughs> okay, they never leave. <laughs> they're like, oh, like the next time. You do this again, but no, there's a lot of like, I'm gonna change the channel. To what? To reality? Like, good luck with that, buddy. I don't know, there's a so lot well. of new right-wing channels. The hotel I'm staying at, there's there's really? so many new ones. Newsmax has a 24-hour channel, true. and uh, uh -huh. what is it, is it One America or something? OAN? Yeah, OAN, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was watching it yesterday. That's true. I was like, uh -oh. maybe they're the friends of Fox and Friends, you know. So I always wonder, I always watch Fox and Friends, I'm like, who are the friends exactly? I, I know friends? who Fox true, is. Because all those who people are, are employees. Yeah, yeah everyone's being paid I don't see the friends. Yeah. I think That'd be not. cool if there was a crossover with the actual show Friends. And, and like, That's like why we someone, thought it was. Someone can web that together and like, like, let's have Fox and Friends, you know? Let's have, let's have yeah. Steve Ducey dating uh, somebody on that show. They, uh. But they need the revenue. I mean, if they're going to keep on paying out, like everyone who accuses their, their hosts oh. of, of sexual assault and they have to silence them, $32 million That's for true. Bill O'Reilly, man. You need the money. I get it, Fox. Um, but I actually thought that this was a pretty effective ad. I mean, he's calm. Uh, he is those blue eyes, those like steel blue eyes <laughs> staring at you as the yeah. camera just slowly pans in. I thought it was effective. I just thought that the messaging could have been a little different. I think it could have just been like, Donald, seek therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we know you need help. We want to help you. Step down, buddy. You can golf. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, you can do that anyway. So, um, my, I want to get Tom Steyer's message too, but for, first, I like Trump's message. Steyer never wins elections. Good reason for that, never run for one. Yeah, for O. Okay, I assume that he means the money that he puts into elections. Yeah. Right. And of course, that's not true either. He's won, he's lost based on who he's funded. Anyway, uh, so. I think that the Steyer ad is, is smart in a lot of different ways. Uh, they, uh, they're gonna rally everybody to their own side. It was smart to run it on Fox and Friends to get under, under Trump's skin, who is, they, they know cannot help himself and yeah. will give you free publicity. Which is a tactic John Oliver's used a couple of times. He's run ads on Fox yeah. and Friends. Yes. And so really well played, uh, I think it was super smart. Uh, they're gonna get a lot of people on their side. side. And you know, and Steyer uh, is very wealthy, he's a billionaire, uh, he's a progressive. And he's not looking to 
take the money that he uses and create benefits for himself like tax cuts. Uh, he is not arguing for that, right? And so it's not out of self-interest except for the fact that it, the main money that he spends is to try to uh, fight against climate change. So I guess he's got a conflict of interest because he'd like to stay alive. He's got it. All right, yes. okay. Yep. And he wants his kids and grandkids to have a planet. Can, can I play devil's advocate for just a second? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I agree with basically what what they said there, and certainly he's he's free to, if he wants to pay for an ad. You can pay for an ad, I guess. It happens all the time. Corporations do it. Uh, so, but it does make me a little bit uncomfortable that we have this class of people, and some of them are progressives and pro environment and all that, who are so wealthy that they can unilaterally just produce these political ads. And, and like I, I don't know that anything he said there was inaccurate, so maybe this isn't a good example for me to criticize. And I'm glad that Fox ran it, but it is still just more advertising coming from the direct point of view of a billionaire. Like I agree with this one, but yeah. that they can just like they could buy out all the ads sure. if they the want. The country is billionaire versus billionaire yeah. versus billionaire. We just have to hope that the right billionaire wins. Well, and that's a shitty position to be in. Because of that subtitle in that commercial, we we know he's an American citizen. So. <laughs> Well, that was my favorite part. Yeah. American <laughs> citizen. I just love that. Yeah. So well, just okay. in case you're worried, can relax. All right. Well, look, this uh, be balanced here, and uh, I'll join the fray of uh, you know slight criticisms here. Uh, one is uh, American citizen looked really goofy. Totally yes. agree. <laughs> like, come on, dude. We. I mean, you could have wrote written Homo sapien. Yeah. Right, like human being. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. Uh, it's like a way of saying not billionaire, not running for office. Okay, but let's keep it real. One day, Tom Steyer might run for office. Okay, mm. and he is a billionaire. I don't have any problem with billionaires doing the right thing. I love it. That's wonderful. Uh, he should give money to Wolfpack. He can't give money to Justice Democrats because they don't take uh, big donations like that. But he, but Wolfpack does. Go ahead. Is this um, part of the too, <laughs> too strong, too strenuous? <laughs> no, no. Okay, it's okay, got okay. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> and look, and if he's going to run for office, and and a lot of people sign that petition, that's probably a good move too. I get it. Uh, so look, overall, there's not that many people doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, I'll take it and run. I agree. Uh, yeah. And and. And it's okay to put his message out. Um, and if he wants to spend all whatever he has, one point whatever billion, on doing great things, including in the media, including buying ads, I think that's actually lovely. Yeah. I just want to prevent uh, even good guy billionaires, like to John's point, of being able to buy elections. Yeah. Right. You know, and so, and that's different. Here, he's not. Right now, there is no election. Yeah. He's, he's not trying it's to influence issue advocacy. It, sort it of. is. Right. It is actual issue yeah. advocacy as opposed to. Hey, vote for X and don't vote for Y, which I think is is definitely different. And he should. My only last tiny criticism is speak up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little too whispery. No, I like yeah. that. I'm, I'm glad you he like brought it. up. Like, more oh, yeah. ominous. Okay. I'm glad he brought up the uh, you know the criticism of Trump's uh, you know irresponsibility in dealing with North Korea and the you know the threat of nuclear war. It's yeah. like because to me it seems like there's there's almost. No anti-war movement going on. Yeah, you know, people talk about all different issues, but when it comes to war, it's like almost nothing going on. And yeah. just painting Kim Jong Un as oh, he's the evil, he's the evil crazy one. It's yeah. like we're the only country to ever use nukes on anybody. And, you know, we, and we did it twice. You yeah. know, and now they're already talking about tactical nukes. You know, these little nukes, that more usable do, ones. Yeah, just you know, they won't cause much damage. Just yeah. tactical <laughs> nukes. You know? yeah. Trump's, so yeah, Trump's it's, it's about terrifying. That. You know, well, and, and so I'm glad he threw that in there because it seems true. like that's not even in the conversation these days. Hopefully, if you scare people enough about the threat of nuclear war in this one particular instance, you can then build on that 
that we shouldn't just get out of this situation, we should get out of the like decades long situation yes. where multiple people have access to enough weaponry to destroy the entire world. Let's not have that situation. Even if Donald Trump's not there, even if it's Barack Obama or someone who seems sane even, maybe they shouldn't have the capacity to kill every human that is, exists. Well, last thing is to just to double down on what Judah and John are saying. I, what, what I'm most concerned about when it comes to Trump is his mental stability in regards to North Korea particularly. And so, you know, impeachments, that's fine and it's a good strategy that, that they're pursuing. Uh, I think the 25th Amendment actually it should be incredibly rare, but this might be a rare instance where we should consider using it. Uh, and, and we even have a, a petition on that or a poll on that, tytnetwork.com slash 25th, because that he might not be stable enough. To be president of the United States, and I think he's a literal danger to the world. And I'm not the only one saying that now. Now you have Republican senators like Bob Corker and Jeff Flake and John McCain, and former presidents like Obama, but also George W. Bush yeah. coming out and making speeches about Ugh. how watch out, he's not stable. And, yeah. and this and is coming from George W. Bush. Yeah, so I just go think away, he knows man. that go world. Away, <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Anyway, just for context, one final point in terms of whether the public might actually take to this message from Sarah right there. Public policy polling in. <laughs> All right, Lewis K. Lewis C. K. Misconduct brought to light at last. He's a comedian. He's been on. He's been on. Saturday Night Live all over the television. He's a comedian. Five women accused Louis uh, C.K. of sexual misconduct. Obviously, he's been doing it for a long time and getting away with it. A lot of people think because they're superstars or they're movie stars and they're famous that they can get away with sexual assault on women. And including our president, Donald Trump, as you probably know, it's but it's not coming. It's not going to happen that way anymore. These these women are speaking up. They're coming out, and these guys, these famous guys, these um, they're being ruined. Uh, obviously, you know, sexual assault. If you think about it, folks, and I'm not trying to belittle it in any way, women also commit sexual assault. They're not innocent in this. It's just that maybe men do it a little bit more than men than women. Okay, but um, sexual assault is, is is a woman's problem too. They, but there, if you think about it, if a woman sexually assaults a man, he's not gonna go and say, he's not gonna go out there and broadcast it to the world that he's been sexually uh, harassed or sexually molested by a woman. Um, you know, um, a gold digging woman is gonna do it every time because women like money. They love money. They love attention. They love clothes. They love looking good, and they, you know, they, I'm not belittling it. I'm not uh, dismissing any of it. It's just that there's two. There's always two sides to a coin. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We got about three more minutes left into the show. Uh, we're going to be off. We will be back Monday with a uh, for the entire week except for Thursday, a Friday. We're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Six o'clock to seven thirty, sometimes eight. Uh, we're gonna be off. I've got errands to do, family to run, errands to run. So we're gonna be we we will be back on Monday. It should be a great uh, week of shows on Monday, folks. So I want to say to everybody, thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, and I hope I hope to see you guys next week. So you guys have a great weekend. 